that means I have half a mind to stay. Good evening, it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Pandora Lunchbox. That's right. Pandora's Lunchbox. Where did that come from? Yes, uh, anyway, Pandora's Lunchbox, whether Android or human, Morg or iMorg, that's what you're listening to. This is a show about food and culture, and waiter, there's food in my culture, and culture is in my soup. We're going to talk about a couple of food-oriented things today. We've got several things to cover, including... Perhaps the most bizarre tragedy in American history, and yes, it involves food. Well, a liquid, a viscous liquid, in fact, that normally could probably bring some happy memories, but in this case, definitely did not. But in the meantime, I'm looking to get warmed up a little. How about you? Me? You? Yeah. How about some comfort food? I could go for some uh, sugar dumplings. What do you think? Uh, oh, sookie, sookie Feeling it? That didn't feel so good. That was uh, Groove Me by uh, King Floyd. 
Well, something wrong with those sugar dumplings. I think we need to go back to the drawing board in the kitchen and get those things worked on. Lots of excitement. I think it's the cold that caused that to happen. Yes, it must be the cold. I realize it's kind of balmy today compared to the days before, but yes, sugar dumplings and all. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. My name is Mike. And some food news for you about the Ypsilanti Freight House in Depot Town just off Cross Street. The Friends of the Ypsilanti Freight House have announced a new crowdfunding campaign through the Michigan-based crowdfunding platform called Patronicity. Patronicity? Patronicity. I don't know. The Patronicity page says the Freight House is one step away from community use. It's been a long time. Uh, The campaign will support the final upgrades to restore the Ypsilanti Freight House for use as a community center. The Freight House was one of the first major buildings in Depot Town, and it was built back in in 1878. It had a number of uses through the years, including, of course, as a freight house. After being a freight house for a while, I believe it was a furniture storage facility for a while. The city bought it in 1979, and that's where the Ypsilanti Farmer's Market was situated starting then. There used to be live country music there every Wednesday and Saturday. I used to drag myself in there late in the morning waking up at the crack of 11.30, going in to get some coffee, and it was kind of like stepping back into 1950. And aside from the farmer's market, there were also food vendors like exotic bakeries. They would serve Syrian food. Exotic bakeries still has its location in Ann Arbor, though. And Valerie, I remember Valerie, she ran her whistle-stop coffee shop there in the Ipsy Freight House. I went to a couple of weddings there, and the place was always hopping as Christmas approached. It uh, it was also a big site for the New Year Jubilee, which used to be an Ipsy every year, which I, I miss. And I can remember George Bedard and the Kingpins ringing in the New Year there. But the building was closed in 2004 because of safety concerns. Since then, the building has had more than a million dollars in renovations. And it has been a long time coming for the building to come back. But there is now a crowdfunding campaign. And... What they hope to do is to get the building started, and the amount of money in the new crowdfunding campaign is much, much smaller than that uh, than that $1 million amount we were talking about earlier. But if they can raise that money, that much smaller than $1 million amount, the Michigan Economic Development Corporation will provide a matching grant, and the Ypsilanti Freight House will be one step closer to being on the road again or just sitting perfectly still and being available for for weddings and food fairs and the farmer's market indoors if necessary and all kinds of other events. So that would be nice to see. And that's, again, that's on a crowdfunding platform called uh, Patronicity. Well, this is Pandora's Lunchbox, and we're looking for a little bit more comfort food here. If somebody gave me a hot dog, I wouldn't mind too much right now. But this guy says, hot dog, that made him mad. No, it doesn't. That's not the one at all. Let's try uh, this one here. me for granted all of the time to teach him a lesson and make him mad i went out on a date with the best friend he had that made him mad boy hot dog that made him mad and he hugged me and he kissed me and he asked me not to do it again oh late last night when i came in he demanded to know just where I'd been, but I really put him right in his place. 
Instead of an answer, I laughed in his face. That made him mad, boy. Hot dog, that made him mad. So he hugged me and he kissed me and he asked me not to do it again. Wanda Jackson, but it sounds like a happy ending. I suppose they're going to have some sugar dumplings, maybe. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. Food and culture is the thing, you know. On WCBN FM Ann Arbor, you know, we're also WCBN.org. Our playlists of what we've been playing, that's there. Schedules of what else is on the stations there, and more things too, as well. All at WCBN.org. Now, Wanda Jackson does another song on this very same album called Rockin' with Wanda that could be apropos to this next uh, thing here, Honey Bop. Why Honey Bop? Because what makes honey? Why, that would be bees. Bees make honey, you know. Did you know? Yes, did you know? Well, this is a press release from a bunch of different food brands that have asked the Obama administration for some help on something. Cliff Bar, Stonyfield, and other national food brands have asked the Obama administration, urged the Obama administration to protect pollinators from bee-toxic pesticides. They're urging the administration to suspend pesticides linked to global bee declines to protect the nation's food supply, environment, and the economy. The businesses are members of the American Sustainable Business Council and Green America's Green Business Network, and they voice concerns about the Environmental Protection Agency's delays in restricting Neonicotinoids, or however they may be pronounced, I apologize, which are the world's most widely used pesticides. So they've written a letter to the Obama administration asking for help on that. Cliff Barron Company's CEO says declining bee populations threaten the health of farming systems systems across the country. Many of the more than 100 100 businesses that signed the letter sell products with ingredients or inputs that are dependent on pollination from bees and other pollinators, including fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, fiber, like cotton, and hay, including alfalfa that's grown to feed livestock. Sounds like just about everything 
I think that that could be an important uh, an issue there. So these folks are asking the Obama administration to protect pollinators from bee toxic pesticides. In the meantime, I think we can queue up uh, good old Wanda Jackson again and see uh, what she has to say on the issue of uh, honey. They call the bunny hop, now the cats are in a trance, so they want to do this bop, so bop, 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 When the band begins to rock, and it's rockin' to your blues, if you think you blow your top, well, put on your rockin' shoes, and bop, a honey bop, 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 When the night is up and gone, but you still wanna go, though you see the light of dawn, baby, tell the band of blood and walk a pony bar. Well, the boss is for a square and the rumba is too old, baby. We'll just rock and let it satisfy us. Oh, 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 They call the bunny hop, but the cats are in a trance. All they wanna do is bop, so bop, 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 Don't stop. That's Wanda Jackson. Man, she can come back anytime she likes and sing for us. I'll tell you. I like that bunny hop, honey bop transliteration, however it is the technical ashical term that goes with that. It's quarter to seven and it's Pandora's Lunchbox and WCBN and WCBN.org. At seven, it's Face the Music with Arwolf and some wonderful, wonderful music at seven. In the meantime, I need to talk to you about something because this happened in 1919. This happened, this is the anniversary of, of the strangest most bizarre tragedy possibly in American history. On January 15th, 1919, I know at least one person who knows what I'm talking about out there. Is it you? I think it's you. If you're from Boston, you may know what I'm talking about. The Boston Molasses Disaster, also known as the Great Molasses Flood and the Great Boston Molasses Tragedy, occurred on January 15th, 1919 in the North End neighborhood of Boston. Says Wikipedia, at around 12.30 in the afternoon near Keeney Square, a tank 50 feet tall, 90 feet in diameter, and containing more than 2 million gallons of molasses, collapsed. Witnesses stated there was a loud rumbling sound like a machine gun as the rivets shot out of the tank and the ground shook as if a train were passing by. The collapse unleashed a wave of molasses 25 feet high at its peak, 
moving at 35 miles per hour. The wave was strong enough to tip a railroad car momentarily off the tracks. Author Stephen Puleo says nearby buildings were swept off their foundations and crushed. Several blocks were flooded to a depth of two to three feet of molasses. And it gets worse. The Boston Globe reported that people were picked up by a rush of air and hurled many feet. Others had debris hurled at them from the rush of air. A truck was picked up and hurled into Boston Harbor. This is the worst part. About 150 people were injured. 21 people and several horses were killed, says the Boston Globe. Some were crushed and drowned by the molasses. 25-foot-high wave at its peak, moving 35 miles per hour. Cleanup crews used salt water from a fireboat to wash the molasses away when it was all done. And they used sand to try to absorb it. The harbor was brown with molasses until the summer of 1919. What happened? The Great Molasses Flood, the Boston Molasses Disaster... There's been some speculation several factors could have contributed. The tank was constructed poorly and tested insufficiently, said some people. Because of fermentation occurring occurring within the tank, carbon dioxide production might have raised the internal pressure, and there was a rise in local temperatures that occurred over the previous day that also would have helped build this pressure up in the tank. Whew! 50-foot tank tall of molasses, 90 feet in diameter, collapsing, sending a, a wave of molasses 25 feet high at unsuspecting people. People died in this. It is really a sad and extremely odd tragedy. It happened this day in 1919. I don't have any suitable somber music to go with that. Not at all. But maybe we can take just a moment and think of those people and... Well, remember, it's almost to the 100th anniversary. Maybe we'll have to do a special show on that at the time. But in the meantime, the 96th anniversary of the Great Molasses Disaster. Maybe we can console ourselves with a little bit more comfort food and a little bit more dancing to make us feel better. Perhaps we can just do the turkey.
do the turkey with me If you don't know how to do it, look at me Come on, baby Come on, do it now Come on, come on, come on, baby Do the turkey now Yeah, yeah, yeah If you don't know how I'm gonna show you how Come on, come on, baby Do the turkey now That should have been a classic. That was uh, Do the Turkey by Rod Keith from his album, I Died Today. Now, Restaurant Week is coming up in Ann Arbor, and you can read all about that at annarborrestaurantweek.com. Restaurants are coming up with special menus for groups of two and four, six, eight, ten, you know, even numbers and things. If you're odd, I don't know if it fits. That's a good point. If you're alone, that's tricky too, but we'll have a song for that in just a moment. But Restaurant Week starts on Sunday the 18th, continues through the 23rd, and there are options for lunch of a certain price, dinner of a certain price, multiple meals, multiple restaurants, and like I said, annarbertrestaurantweek.com. And similar things have been going on since at least the 1600s in places like England and France, in the U.S., it tends to be on special occasions, a special restaurant week, or holidays and things like that. But it does, it's been known by many different names, including the prefix, prefix being a fixed-price menu, and Fleetwood Diner. I don't see Fleetwood Diner on the list, no. Uh, some restaurants will have a pre-freaks menu, but not until uh, just before the hash bash. Yeah, thank you, thank you. That was your prefix comedy joke for today. Thank you for enjoying that. And let's go to the next thing before it gets any more painful. But keep listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor and WCBN.org. And if you're like me and you've been talking about restaurants for a long time, you may be hungry or you may even be more intensely hungry.
Tired of those missed meal cramps. And what else did he say? Sometimes my stomach feels like somebody done broke my neck. All poetry, all the time on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. That was the Coasters. A little after their hit-making prime, but still a great Lieber and Stoller song. Lieber and Stoller wrote a lot of their hits. And they wrote that one called Hungry. That's importantly enough spelled H-O-N-G-R-Y. That was recorded in the 19... It was recorded in 1961. I've been Mike for some time now on Pandora's Lunchbox. Our wolf is here. He's ready to help you to face the music. Let's go out on a song for those people who might enjoy Restaurant Week, if only for the fact that they didn't have that special someone. Some, some of us just like to eat out alone. You know, we just like to enjoy a little time alone in a restaurant. But Restaurant Week doesn't necessarily cater to that, does it? I don't think so. But hey, we're not alone in being alone. We've got Eartha Kitt to sing this song for us. Take us out, Eartha. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, WCBN.org. Ain't never, never stop listening. Dinner for one, please, James. The master will not be dining. such funny games Dinner for one Please James Please close his room We've parted And don't look so downhearted Love plays such funny games Seems my best friend told him of another I had no chance to deny You know there has never been another Someday he'll find out the lie Maybe he's not to blame Gone all the roses and
goodness. Thank you so much for playing Eartha Kitt. I didn't realize I needed so badly to hear some Eartha Kitt. Made a, a big difference in my nervous system already. It's almost 7 o'clock. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. 88.3 is the, uh, the measurement that we use on the scale. I want to give a plug to the River Raisin Ragtime Review's fourth annual rag, uh, Ragtime Extravaganza. It's at the Michigan Theater this Saturday, January 17th at 8 p.m. And they're showing a movie there this evening about, uh, about ragtimers. And so this whole weekend is being taken up by this, this sort of behavior. The Ragtime Extravaganza will have Pat Donahue and Butch Thompson. Um, the Friars will be there, and James DePogny, and Balcom and Morris, and John Neville Andrews is the Master of Ceremonies. He's from U of M. Also some great burlesque artists, including Mimi Mischief from New York City. and some really fine barrel house and ragtime and old-style piano players as well. So I'm going to open with three selections by the River Raisin Ragtime Review. Last week we had uh, William Pemberton in here in person, and we spent the whole hour just raving about this event. So I'm going to, uh, at least for the first three selections, will be by the River Raisin Ragtime Review, just to hammer home what they're all about. Um, overarchingly, this entire program this evening is dedicated to the memory of Gato Angelito, um, who just passed away Monday. Is uh, by far the kindest animal that uh, Lindsay and I have ever known, and so we're. Uh, this is part of how I'm dealing with uh, with his sudden demise at the uh, the not very ripe age of nine and a half. We're going to try and give you the 360 degrees of his personality, and so it's very fitting we should start with some swarming music. This is called Dill Pickles. It's the River Raisin Ragtime Review. Face the music on CBN. (laughs) 